following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts. Parents should be ready to cover their ears. This is a look at audio production where entertainment is always free. The program of St. Louis Blues, originally scheduled for this time, has been canceled. Tonight, the world trembles, torn by conflicting forces. Throughout this day, event has crowded upon event in tumultuous Austria. Meanwhile, the outside world, gravely shaken by the Austrian crisis, moves cautiously through a maze of diplomatic perils. Since the German troops crossed the Austrian border on the historic invasion last Friday, news has flowed across the Atlantic in a steady stream. sure he's quiet here at night. You could hear a pin drop six galleries away. Hmm, what's this? These tools made use of by the Vikings were crafted from iron, wrapped in leather, the flute and remains of an early pair of ice skates were carved from animal bone. Vikings often used the bones of elk, bears, and wolves to fashion a variety of jewelry and other household items. Ice skates? Yeah, right. Like those guys in the big horns and swords prance around on ice skates. Sheesh, what do these historians know? Looking, and who might you be? This is a life-size depiction of a Valkyrie. Valkyries were charged by the Norse god Odin to choose the most heroic of those who had died in battle and carry them off to Valhalla, a heroic haven of endless feasting and fighting. Wow, you're one tall drink of water, honey. I'm digging the armor with those little wings on the helmet, but I don't think I'd want to be on the business end of that spear. You have a nice night now, Toots. Uh, I can't believe they pay me for this. Easiest gig in the book, this night watchman business. This place is closed up tighter than the Sunday school teachers, huh? Huh? What was that? Hey, wait a minute, you're a dummy. You're not supposed to be able to. installation of Broken Sea Audio Productions, Jake Sampson, Monster Hunter. Our adventure begins shortly after the events of our previous serial, 
Jake Sampson and the Roof of the World. Our heroes have returned from Tibet and are enjoying some well-earned time off back in the States. But there is little rest for the weary, as an ancient artifact will soon spur Jake, Lucy, and Tex into an adventure with potentially earth-shattering consequences. Sit back and listen to part one of The Horn of Valhalla. I say, Samson, you actually survived an avalanche? I did. I weathered most of it beneath an overhang, but made the mistake of looking up too soon and a chunk of ice hit me and set me over the edge. Extraordinary! You said the chaps from the city happened upon you afterward? That's right. Actual inhabitants from the city of Shambhala. They nursed me back to health. And considering all the bones they said I'd broken, I made quite a speedy recovery. Good for you. Another ripping yarn, sir. If you thought to compile these tales, I'd wager your exploits would give buttons a run for his money. If he were still alive. Surely finding a mythical city should rank alongside discovering the source of the Nile. Maybe. But to be perfectly honest, I still believe some things should remain secret. Bah! Now you sound like my nephew. Everything always belongs in a bloody museum. <laughs> He's a terrific archaeologist, Richard. He really takes after his dad. Especially when he thinks he's onto something big. <clears throat> Excuse me, sir, but you have a telephone call. Oh, thanks, Alfred. Excuse me, gentlemen. Jake Sampson here. Hello, Arthur. What a pleasant surprise. Yes, I was planning a visit there on Saturday, actually. What was stolen? What kind of horn? You say the security guard was impaled. Give me an hour. such short notice, Mr. Sampson. It's no trouble. Arthur Henley, these are my associates, Texas Holden and Lucy Carter. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. How do you do? Arthur is one of the museum's curators and is currently in charge of the Met's latest exhibit on Scandinavian culture. I, I am disappointed to, to bring you here under these circumstances, Mr. Sampson, but I, I know your affinity for rare artifacts, particularly those of, shall we say, more mythical or supernatural origins. It's, it's unparalleled. You mentioned someone had stolen one of your exhibits last night. Yes, we called it the Horn of Valhalla. So what kind of horn was this? Being a Texan, though, I spent some time punching cattle and I can tell you quite a few things about them there longhorns. That's for sure. Oh, this is no ordinary horn, Mr. Holden. Gjallarhorn, its proper name, was fashioned from whale ivory and intricately covered with gold and jewels. It was, uh, is, an extraordinary piece of craftsmanship, far surpassing the quality th that any human tools were capable of fashioning in such a primitive age. How old is the horn? From what we could tell of the age of the materials it was composed of, it, it is of pre-Bronze Age origin, which still confounds our experts. The level of sophistication needed to craft such a piece did not come about until the Renaissance. I reckon it shouldn't be hard to find if someone tries to sell it. I would imagine certain collectors might desire it, but such a unique artifact would be a very expensive and private gloat. What other motive could they have? Nothing that unique could be sold on any public market, so it would have to be to a private collector. I see Norse mythology is not your strong point, Miss Carter. Sorry, <laughs> but my Uncle Howard was an Egyptologist. Ask me about the pharaohs, and I can tell you all kinds of stories. Ah, Yes. My condolences on your recent loss, then. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, the Gjallarhorn was believed to have belonged to the Norse god Heimdall. He guarded the rainbow bridge that led to the city of Asgard, home of the gods. One day, the Norns, 
three women who wove the fate of all things on an enormous loom, declared that there would come a time when a great battle would ensue between the Norse gods and the Jotnar, or, or Jotnar, or a race of giants that you might know as Ettens, or Thurses, or races, or, well, maybe not, but anyway, they were a race of giants. Ragnarok, the final battle that would effectively end the world. Yes, but, but in the wake of the chaos and destruction, a new world order would ensue, led by a new generation of gods, and peace would settle upon the world once more. Heimdall was the keeper of the horn that would summon the gods and the fallen warriors out of Valhalla to join in that final battle. His horn would announce the beginning of Ragnarok. Precisely. Okay, so how'd y'all guys get this horn if, if that there Heimdall feller's supposed to have it? Centuries ago, according to one myth, Loki, the god of mischief, stole the horn in hopes of preventing Ragnarok and his own foretold demise. He hid the horn in a magical cloth of obfuscation that blinded the gods to its whereabouts. Then he sealed it in a block of ice, which he then threw into a fjord. A team of researchers claimed to have happened upon it at the turn of the century, and it became a popular exhibit at the National Gallery of Norway. While they were reluctant to part with it for our own display, they finally did as a professional courtesy. And now we are facing a potential international incident as well. Not to mention potential Armageddon. Was anything else stolen, Arthur? Apart from the horn and its carrying cloth, only a simple female mannequin, strangely enough. We used it to model some female Viking armor. There was a mock-up of a Valkyrie in the same gallery. It, it appeared as if someone tried to steal that armor as well, but we recovered it in a broom closet near a backdoor entrance. Why someone would try to take a mannequin along with a horn, I, I have no idea. Unless it was the mannequin who stole the horn. Mr. Sampson, the horn... Of Valhalla. Let me take you to where it was last seen. Bob Trout speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Right at this moment, Austria is no longer a nation, but is now officially a part of the German Empire. Austria and Germany are being welded together under one command, one army, one policy, one economic compact. Hitler, protected by a bodyguard of nearly 4,000 troops and police, is preparing tonight to go from Linz to Salzburg and from there to Vienna on a roundabout triumphal tour of the land of his birth, a land which he's fast placing under his thumb. In Berlin, Field Marshal Hermann Goering has served notice that Germany intends to go after the Germans in Czechoslovakia, already ringed on several sides by German troops. It is done, Herr Commandant. You have secured the horn? With great ease, I might ask. No witnesses? None that lived, my Herr. Excellent. Where that full cop Jager failed, you have succeeded, Valda. Though the streets of the Tibetan city eluded us, we shall conquer this world. The Fuhrer has said that he was told in a dream by Odin himself that he shall arise from the ashes of Ragnarok as the first of the new gods. The legions of the dead summoned forth by the horn of Valhalla would be unstoppable. It shall be a glorious when the world is cleansed by the blood of the impure races to birth a new generation of living gods. And you, my dear, will become a mother to our glorious Superman. I'll Hitler. Where are you now? I am in Belgium. The plane is refusing. Good. Continue as planned, and we shall meet in Munich, where you will deliver the horn. You will be well rewarded. Service to the fatherland is a reward enough, Herr Commandant. On the morrow, then. 
deutschen Landes um dieses Wort seiner hohen und schweren Bedeutung gemäß würdig auszugestalten. Unsere außerdeutschen Volksgenossen aber können und sollen stolz darauf sein, Another piece finds its place in our puzzle. Our destiny cannot be denied. Armed with the horn of Heimdall, there is nobody upon the face of the earth who will be able to stand against the forces of ancient Norse magic. Then, then the battle is over and our glorious leader has believed himself victorious. The society of fools shall assert itself as the true masters of the earth. <laughs> to be precise. Layla? Who? It's German text. It means lilac water. I'm not even gonna ask how y'all knew that. <laughs> so what's that there second tip off? This. A hair. A blonde hair. And a mighty long one at that. I found some of them caught in the links along the back of the armor. I'm willing to bet they belong to our thief. Add that to the fact that this particular Lila Wasser perfume isn't sold in the United States, and our profile starts to become clearer. Not to mention she throws a mean spear, so she's probably no blushing flower. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I knew the little gal back in Paris, back in, back in Great War, you know, when I faced that old uh, Red Baron. Who <laughs> was pretty dead aim with the baguette. As you said, Tex, this was no ordinary woman. She was well-trained and knew she would likely have to kill to ensure she achieved her objective. Tell me, Lucy, what country won the gold and silver medals for the women's javelin throw in the 1936 Summer Olympics? <laughs> Let me guess. Germany? Atta girl. Someone wanted that horn at all costs, and I suspect I may know who. Hitler again. <laughs> Nazis! 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 Nazis again! Man! Jake, they tried getting their grubby little sausage-eating hands on everything. Parks, they tried to take over that there shambal place we just got back from. Now they got the nerve to come over here to the good old U.S. of A. They may have been Nazis, Tex, but not your average ones. Before the Yeti attack in Tibet, I spoke to the leader of their expedition, Kopfjäger. He told me he was a member of a special group within the Reich called the Fool Society. They were the ones who sent that expedition. Yeah, they're a bunch of fools, all right. Not fool, Tex. Fool. Literally, the uppermost territory. Hitler is a suspicious man. So is Heinrich Himmler, head of the secret police. Himmler, I'm told, is a great believer in the occult and all manner of ancient mysticism. He's a big supporter of the society and got Hitler on board with it. The members of Thule believe that the Aryan race will rise to power aided by supernatural means. So Himmler got Hitler to round up a bunch of these guys and had them research various myths in hope of tying them to actual events, or ideally, some sort of physical objects so they could unlock their secrets. So the Nazis are hunting for alleged magical artifacts in order to use them to take over the world. It seems that way. And Shambhala wasn't the only instance either. Kopfjäger mentioned briefly that they had access to a number of items over the past few years, including the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, and the Spirit Destiny. 
So those things are all real? Well, Kafkaeger seemed to think so. But he was just an errand boy in all this. The real brains behind the operation are back in Germany. Y'all reckon it's Himmler? Or even that old Hitler himself? I have no idea. Kafkaeger mentioned he was sent to Tibet by a man he referred to only as the Commandant. Somebody I had my own encounter with before my arrest and all that business with Fu Manchu. If I had to place a bet, I'd say he knows more about what the plans are for that horn than anyone at this point. Suddenly I get the feeling our vacation's over. I get the feeling we're gonna be eating lots of sauce and sauerkraut real soon. <sighs> Better bring me some barbecue sauce. <laughs> You have done well, Valda. This is a magnificent piece of work, truly forged by the gods. Thank you, Herr Commandant. But if I am not overstepping my bounds, is it wise to test the horn now? Would it not be better for it to be blown when the time is appropriate for our ascension to power? Ah, <laughs> my dear... That is why you are a soldier and I am an officer. Klaus. Jawohl, that Commandant. Bring me the mute. You see, my dear, we have been preparing for this very experiment. We certainly could not risk Ragnarok too soon, nor could we risk disappointing the Fuhrer if this artifact proved to be ingenuine. Thus, we created a special mute to dull the effects of the horn's sound. Some mutes here, Commandant. Excellent. You see, my dear, we have thought of everything. Observe these runes and sigils, all carefully carved to dampen the effects of the horn until it be time for our moment of glory. Very well. Kraus, you may blow the horn. Oh, my, mine hair? You heard me. That is an order! Your vote, mein Herr. It, it does not appear to be working, mein Herr. Do it again! the sky. It is darkening. I see a mist coming out of the forest. Give me the horn. Now we shall see just how effective the sorcerers of food are. Rise. Rise from your ancient slumber, my legion of doom. Come forth from the halls of Valhalla to fight again amongst the living. Draw sword and axe and shear sinew from bone once more. Heimdall, guardian of the bridge to Asgard, he who summoned you from your land of eternal shade. Soon, soon you will have plenty more to fight. <laughs> Good 
on back, Jake. Got ready all fueled up and we is all set. Good. Here, Lucy. Take this box of cartridges for your gun. Oh, thanks, Jake, but I've already got some. Not like these. If you find something coming at you that looks like it should still be buried, shoot. Jake, I haven't seen you like this. Since we got back from the museum, you seemed kind of, well, distant. I'm just wrapped up in my own thoughts, Lucy. Could it really get that bad? Armageddon is kind of a big deal. Y'all haven't mentioned, Jake. How exactly are we going to get in to check these tool guys out? Shoot, we ain't exactly the poster children for the rise of that old Aryan nation, y'all know. I know. But I'm figuring a few well-placed hints to the arcane underground about the availability of some special pieces. Like this sword from Bob Howard should open a few doors. The Met isn't the only museum my family has made donations to. And the name Samson is no stranger to a variety of esoteric circles. So we're just going to waltz right in with an engraved invitation. Something like that. Hopefully. Here, Tex, you take this. What's this? When we get to Germany, put it on. Huh? It's called a Paszek Obroni. It's a magic belt from Poland. Some of their bravest knights used to wear them into battle nearly 400 years ago. The inscriptions all over it are powerful protective prayers. So whatever you do, don't lose it. <laughs> y'all reckon I put my rodeo buckle on it? I ever tell y'all that time I rode that bucking antelope back in? I wouldn't. Just checking. I am happy to have caught you before your departure, sir. One small accoutrement, sir. That being? This ring. A Maltese cross inset with carnelian. It's beautiful, Hartford. It belonged to Jacques de Molay, the last true Grand Master of the Knights Templar. A trinket given to him in the Holy Land. In some ways, one might consider it an heirloom. He wore it during his demise. The ring was salvaged from his ashes untarnished, even by the flames that consumed him. Consider it a token from the Order, something with which to adorn the Fist of Righteousness. Thank you, old friend. You may give it back once you've returned yourself and your companion safely home. Bob Trout speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Right at this moment, Czechoslovakia has protested to Germany. It claims that German planes have flown over Czech boundaries, and so Germany promises an investigation. This broadcast from five world capitals has been a presentation of Columbia's Department of Special Events. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, Jake, y'all sure do know how to take us to the wildest places. Hey, Sear Club reminds me of the time I was in Paris at the Moulin Rouge. Yep. In fact, I think that little lady up there might have been there, too. <laughs> I think I recognize that birthmark on her <laughs> leg. Oh, pardon me, Lucy. Thank you, Tex. But I don't think Jake took us here for you to look up old floozies from your furloughs. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lucy. Sorry. <laughs> I was pretty darn sure there for a moment. No, 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 no. Y'all never forget the shape of a... <laughs> sorry, Lucy. Sorry. But I was pretty darn sure there for a moment. <laughs> Y'all never forget one when it's in the shape I of... this table here should do nicely. Three beers, Peter. I'm assuming beer is okay for you too, Lucy. Sure, Jake. When in Germany. Speaking the Fuhrer's face. Tex, I'd tone things down a bit if I were you. We're supposed to be incognito. I don't have many friendly connections around here, as you might imagine. Plus the fact that the guy we're meeting tonight is quite an opportunist. 
as are most collectors. If something went amiss, he could simply run with the sword and leave us for the authorities. Man, Jake, I can't believe you're going to part with the high boring sword y'all got from old Bob Howard. I mean, I know he's gone and all, but... It's a pretty big bargaining tool, especially for people with an interest in the occult. I ran some tests on it to gauge its magical energy, and it's pretty strong. A guy like Untermeyer should be able to get a good reading simply by touching it. For real? He can tell magical stuff just by touching it? Yes, Tex. Most sorcerers can do such things. <laughs> Next thing you know, y'all gonna tell me that old boy's like that Merlin feller in the King Arthur stories. Well, yes and no. He's probably closer to Morgan Le Fay, actually. <laughs> Figures. Long as there's no winged apes. Just saying. In fact, here he comes now. I knew he couldn't resist. Ah, Herr Samson, how nice to see you again. After your last visit, I would have imagined you would be more hesitant to return to Germany. Business is business, Untermeyer. You don't fish for salmon in a bathtub. <laughs> You've always had a way with words, Jake. It's refreshing to see that you haven't lost your sense of humor after all these years. In fact, considering your exploits, you seem to be in remarkably excellent health. Just clean living, I guess. <laughs> Not with your fondness for the bottle, old friend. I suspect that there is more to you than meets the untrained eye. Perhaps an extraordinary find on the roof of the world, yes? And what makes you think I was into that? Come on now, Jake. You know who and what I am. The intoxicating eldritch aroma of magic permeates your very skin. Do you drink much herbal tea? All right. Untermeyer, now that we've exchanged pleasantries, let's get down to business. I think I have something of interest to you. Oh, Jake, your family is legendary for procuring the most interesting toys. What have you today that you came all the way into the belly of the beast to show me? This. Extraordinary! Yes. Jake, you have truly outdone yourself this time. I imagine such things only existed in the pages of the terrible fiction magazines you Americans are so fond of. Tell me, where did you get this beautiful piece? It positively sings to me. Where I got it and how is it important, Untermeyer? What is important is what you might be willing to cough up to possess it. Now you are speaking my language, Herr Samson. I can offer you a quarter of a million American dollars, but it would be necessary to delay the payment for a couple of days if you wished cash. Perhaps I can offer gold? I was thinking more of a trade. <laughs> I'm afraid I haven't any sort of catalog with you, Jake. Ideally, I'm looking for a horn. Horn? What, like Gabriel's trumpet? The single point of a fabled unicorn? The horn of Triton? Ha! <laughs> These are not real, Jake. Even those in our circles know this. Don't play dumb with me, Untermeyer. You know what I'm talking about. The Yaller Horn is here and you know it. Ah, the legendary Norse horns that will bring about Ragnarok. I've never seen such a thing. Only drawings. Uh, artists' conceptions in dusty old grimoires. I've no such thing, and if I did, I certainly wouldn't... But your pals in the Thule Society might if they had a chance to own that sword. Hmm. Come to think of it, I recall reading an odd newspaper blurb somewhere recently about a horn of some sort missing from an American museum. Stolen, more like it. And? Well, I've heard through certain undisclosed sources that certain craftsmen were fabricating a curious device that could be used to dampen the sound of certain musical instruments. A mute? Ja, a mute. Like the kind used to silence the brass instruments, like the trumpets and the trombones. Or some kind of horn. Correct. But again, it, it, it's all of what you... What's the word? Uh, hearsay. Yeah. 
And what would it cost to hear something more concrete? A blade of this nature could cut through a lot of interference. Tell me where the horn is, and the sword is yours.、Uh, you see, this is why I like to do business with you, Herr Sampson. You have an innate knack to offer splendid deals to a humble collector like myself. Where's the horn, Untermeyer? We don't have much time. If it's where I think it is, we may already be too late. My associates、uh, recently made mention of a runic horn, perhaps made of ivory or some such, gilded and decorated with precious stones.、Uh, It arrived in Munich in the company of a young lady. She was delivering it to somebody of prominence. I honestly don't know his name,、uh, but he's certainly someone close to Himmler himself. And I bet she throws a mean spear too. You mentioned the Thule Society were working on a mute. What for? If the Nazis have the horn, what would they gain from a sound dampener? My dear Jake, perhaps this is the entrancing beauty of your lady traveling companion that has you so blind. Now y'all just watch where you're going, there, Fritz. Save it, Tex. I think Herr Untermeyer has said enough. Surely the Führer wouldn't want an artifact that wasn't genuine, and he certainly wouldn't want to start the party for global Armageddon too soon. So naturally, like any good follower, whoever has the horn wants to test it first. Bravo, Herr Sampson. The question is where. Now is a fine time to enjoy the Oktoberfest, Herr Sampson. The Munich countryside is lovely, a splendid place to just relax and just concentrate. Hey. That man asked you an honest question. Least y'all can do is give him a straight-up answer, not tell him go to some dang party. Easy there, Tex. We're fine. You know, Herr Sampson, I, I have occasionally questioned the philosophy of man and Superman, but but it seems I have just now witnessed proof positive. Of the ill effects of inferior bloodlines. Why you? Settle down, Tex. Now, if you'll excuse me, I believe our business here is concluded. Yeah, I have an excellent place for this weapon in my personal museum, or perhaps I sell it to live like a king once the new world order begins. You seem so sure of yourself. All of you guys do. Belief is a powerful force, Jay. Get enough people to believe in you, and you can rule the world. That's what I'm afraid of. Thank you for listening to Jake Sampson, The Horn of Valhalla, written by Mark Kalita, starring in tonight's cast. Mark Kalita as Jake Sampson, Lynn Cullen as Lucy Carter, David Sapkoyak as Hartford, and Bill Holwig as Texas Holdem. Wow! Also starring in tonight's cast, Lothar Duppen starred as the museum curator Arthur Hinley. Helen Sapkoyak again reprised his role as the commandant. Tanya Milosevic as Valda. Matt Weller as the Night Watchman, Brian Bocchicchio as Untermeyer, Paul Mannering as Wardley, Chris Barnes as Jones, Jeff Billard as Klaus, and Stevie Farnaby as the Paranormal Viking. Woohoo! Anyway, hope y'all enjoyed. The cast was brilliant. It's been a long time since we did some Jake, so I am stoked. Oh, by the way, this is Bill Holwig speaking. Who also plays Texas Hold'em? Anyway, the music in tonight's show was supplied by Seraphic Panoply, Peter Wicks of Bust Like Films, The Celestial Aeon Project, as well as Podset music from the University of Chicago Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Barbara Schubert at Archive.org. Check it out! Oh, it's brilliant stuff. As well as Marlene Dietrich. From the Internet Archive, as the cabaret singer, I hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned for more Jake Sampson as Jake rules. This has been a Broken Sea Audio Production. www.brokensea.com. dot com.
Ah, what a piece of work is man! How noble in reason, how infinite in faculties, in form and moving, how express and admirable! In action, how like an angel! In apprehension, how like a god! The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals! What complete rubbish! In our world, man is but a slave. Ignorant creatures used to tend the fields. None is capable of but the most rudimentary functions. Well, perhaps one. A beast with bright eyes who came to our world from a time long gone and a land far beyond. The planet of the apes. Only from Broken Sea Audio Productions. And within, the world was dying. The brazen base races of man gave birth to ages where greed for gain and violence flourished, where honor and nobility were profaned, while lies and unrestrained consumption were made sacred. Scars covered the mother of thunder. What once was wild was now tamed and sickened. The light of the unconquered sun turned bloated and red, and its blood flowed freely, and mankind continued to hasten its own death. Amidst the obsidian towers, poor-haunted wastelands, and shadowed tombs of this aged world, those who looked behind the tattered sorrows woke to the sounds of steel on steel and knew now was the time when mankind would either fall to its own insignificance or become as them beyond the boundaries of dualities, freed from the shackles of their baseness and their forgotten nobility. Without and within, the world was dying, and among the daughters, crimson things began to move. What do you want from me, Lorak? Just a sorcerer. <laughs> Nothing more. I'm a bone master. What part of necromancer confuses you? Exorak, what the hell are those? Blood silks. There are as many of them as all the people you've killed in your life. This isn't good. I think a finger bone will do very nicely here. Don't try talking to me, you evil demon spawn. I'm protected by the harbingers. No one said death was fair. The storm might be a problem, though. The storm? Yes, there are things in the storm. But it might cover our tracks as well. It is a ghost storm, isn't it? Horrible gods and the sorrows! I... Some of us see opportunity in what is forbidden. The tattered sorrows weep here. Only those belonging to the crimson tatters can pass. Before we fall, we'll make them terrified of us. You sound like you have a plan. Tell me you have a plan. You said you hoped I'm as good as they say I am. Well, here's where you find out. Ha! Broken Sea Audio presents The Sword of the Crimson Tatters, an original sword and sorcery audio drama created and produced by Lothar Tuppen. Only at BrokenSea.com. Where is the miserable bastard? I've been stuck in this hole for over an hour, freezing to death. And the saints like frozen to my fingers. Showdown. Why have you invaded my sanctuary, you little evil girl? <laughs> I think you know why I'm here, Emmanuel. 
try me. You should not have done that. Angela, got a little held up. Well, it's about time. I said sorry. Nice work, Lila. Glad that worked. I don't think I could do that again if I tried. Well, that takes care of that vampire. Evening work done. Anybody want to go for a drink? Blood Ties, an original series created by Tanya Milevich and Joshua Price, premiering soon on Lightning Bolt Theater of the Mind at lightningbolt.podbeam.com. This series will fall under a 3.0 Creative Commons license. Ain't Timber, because Timber's still in Serenity. I buried him there. What do you mean, you buried him? Well, I pulled this gun, and I put a hole in his head. Sarge, you didn't bury me. Atlanta Minx, prepare to be boarded. Things check out, we won't be staying long. Boys? Mom! Greetings, traveler. I am Initiative the Tenth Order, Lamangelo. Now move, Shepard. I don't know how long we have before things start going all to hell. I am afraid, Captain. It is far too late for that. Look who I've discovered. Hi. Would you please stop shooting at us? Well, that didn't work. Anyone else have a plan? Now, it don't need to go this way. I ain't been right more times than I've been alive. But I aim to do right a fraction more when it counts. Firefly, old wounds. Hello, this is Alan Tudyk. And this is Nathan Fillion. Saying hello to the Sonic Society. If you're not listening to the Sonic Society, what are you doing? You're dead like Wash. That's what. Please join us each week at the Sonic Society. You can find us at sonicsociety.org or at any of the major directories like the podcast Pickle or iTunes. Join us, won't you? And when you come, bring a friend. Scaffold produced. In the year 1988, the crime rate in the United States rises 400%. The once great city of New York becomes the one maximum security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. The prison's name, New York Maximum Security Penitentiary, Manhattan Island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the worlds they have made. This is the Broken Sea Audio production of Escape from New York. go in, find the president, and bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Let's get a new president. Trade center dead ahead. Should be there now. through the 
wall of cars. What? I said, hold on. Where'd you learn to drive? Come, Snake. Journey to a faraway land where swords and sorcery decide the fate of kingdoms. Travel the paths of warriors and wizards as they fulfill a forgotten prophecy, culminating in a furious battle between the forces of darkness and light. The adventures begin in a humble tavern filled with tall tales and dark secrets. Sit thee down and hearken to the saga of the Grog and Griffin. Only at Westlake Films, in conjunction with Broken Sea Audio, where fantasy audio is forged.